0: Hi all, and welcome to Episode 7 of our Professional Perspective series of What Cause Inspires You. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and today I have with me Shimon Wright. What Cause Inspires You is a podcast founded for students ages 13 to 21 to be able to share the service they are doing in their communities. We recently launched our Professional Perspective series in order for experts in their field to give insight to our youth about how to make a stronger impact and accelerate social justice movements. Shimon turns his dreams into reality through real-life experience and hardships that he had to endure as a kid living in poverty. He wants to supply resources that will allow kids to strive in education, their future careers, and as a citizen. Shimon is a first-generation college student, presently pursuing his master's in higher education and student affairs. Shimon struggled to stay in school as he went to an expulsion school. Shimon turned it around and he graduated from Antioch High School in 2011 and received a full ride football scholarship to the University of California, Davis. He majored in sociology, organizational studies and received his BS in 2015. As an individual who grew up in Northern California, inner city neighborhoods, Shimon has had the firsthand experience with a lack of services and educational disadvantages facing our youth in Antioch, California. Additionally, he is aware of the decreasing extracurricular activities that keep children engaged, motivated, and busy. This podcast series will be available on Spotify and YouTube under Humanity Rising Voices. Mr. Wright, we are super thrilled to have you with us today and share a little bit more about your experience and background. Are you ready to begin?
1: Everything good?
0: Yep. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, I'm ready. I am ready. I don't know what you had. Did someone just happen? Um, no, never mind. I apologize. I thought uh, it, my screen light cut off, but go ahead.
0: No. um, Nico, are we all good?
1: Uh, there are two.
0: All right. Um, Mr. Wright, are we ready to begin?
1: Yes, we are. Awesome.
0: So why don't you start off with telling us a little bit about what caused you to do social justice work in the beginning?
1: Okay. So... I feel like for myself personally growing up um, in Oakland, California uh, and living in the inner city um, and coming from a single parent household, um, the biggest thing is that as a a black boy, um, the mass media in our community controls the narrative of what a successful black boy looks like, right? And so for me, uh, the biggest thing is either entertainment or professional athletics and someone that grew up in poverty at a young age and having this athletic identity, we feel as though you know, this athletic identity is a way for us to take care of our family, right, and to get them out of poverty. So for me personally, going through that system, this education system, that really excludes people of color from their own education unless you're, like, in athletics, right, or unless you're doing something for them. So for me, um, growing up my whole life and thinking that I was just an athlete and nothing more than an athlete and even going to UC Davis and having aspirations of going to the NFL, um, you know, my my dreams got cut short, and when that happened, I had a, an identity crisis, and so you see that a lot with um, with a lot of um, black black young boys that become black men. Uh, they have identity crises when athletics doesn't work out for them, right? Or uh, pursuing an entertainment type of career doesn't work out for them, and they get lost in the system, right? And you see, you know, mass incarceration, right? You see. Um, Uh, a lot of brothers dropping out of college, Um, a lot of brothers that go to college and graduate, but come back home to not really do or pursue what they want to do. Or you see some brothers that um, end up taking their own life because they don't know who they are. Um, So the biggest thing is that for me personally, I want to show my students and I want to expand the dream, right? I want to change the narrative of what it means to be um, a a black man or a black boy in America. So for a lot of my students, um, you know, that grow up with it, the, the, you know, grow up in poverty, um, we really try to change and we try to decode the matrix, right? And so what I mean by the matrix is uh, everything that is man-made, right? Everything that they, you know, what mass media tells us uh, what a successful Black man looks like, right? And how we're programmed to think that, you know, we could we're only good at sports. We're not getting academics, right? We're not getting this, but also to deep, dive deep and give them a better understanding of, yes, we're good in school, we're good in academics, we're good in this because we created that, right? Um, And so because we do that, we start shifting and decoding and allowing them to see, okay, like you go to college, you know what I'm saying? And when you go to college, uh, these are different things that you could do. And if you don't go to college, there's nothing wrong with that. There's other avenues for you to be successful. So for me personally, um, I think for like the social justice work that I do do, I do it with, you know, like I'm in the in the field, right? So I call myself a foot soldier. I'm in the field with the, with the students, right? I'm in the field because the biggest thing is really changing the narrative because you see a lot of people fighting for change and equity and equality, but they don't have a strategic plan. Um, or, you know, they, 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 they go over there, they express their anger and frustration, um, but they're not asking for policies and procedures, right? But when you go out there and and you change and you help change the narrative for the next generation, right? You're building you some others, some soldiers that have a deeper understanding of who they are, where they come from, right? And that they're demanding for change because it's going to start with our youth. Like we have a lot of activists that are older that you know um, walk, you know, in the civil rights movement, all that stuff that still want to be active, but it's not their job right now, right? They had their shot. Now it's on us, it's on the next generation to go ahead and to push that issue where we do see some education reform because the biggest thing for us personally is that, um, you know, for a lot of um, black and Brown students that grow up in, you know, uh, lower economic communities, um, they go through different things than someone that might grow up in a wealthy or in a rich community because their parents teach them something different for us. You know, we're thinking, you know, we need money to eat, you know, to survive. My life bills might be off. I'm hungry um so for them they're going to school with the same thing and if my education system if my school is not teaching me how to make money right because i need money right now i'm going to drop out and so that's why you see a huge dropout rate um in in these communities because we're trying to teach them the same thing that we're teaching someone else that um is in a more uh in a higher i guess in a higher economic community um and so because of that they're learning something different from their parents and education is helping them uh, get that degree and all they need is a piece of paper. But our students in our community, um, they're not getting the same education at home and they're, you're just teaching about math, about science, about, you know, things that doesn't kind of register with them. Right. They're like, I'm hungry. I need money. You know what I'm saying? If you don't give me money, I'm going to find a way to get my own money some sort of way. And it's not in school. So, so that's where like, you know, for me, like my, um, like like where I am with my students um and how like we really try to change the narrative uh and we try to control their destiny
0: that that was so powerful I don't even know where to begin um but I think starting on the education thing it's really teaching students that an education can work out for you regardless of your background and Mm -hmm. redefining what education means and I think you're doing that in an amazing way. And just to highlight three things that stood out right away, Shimon, when you were talking to me for our audience here. Um, the first one would be you changed your narrative, right? You took your experience and instead, you know, so many avenues could have gone, but you decided to use it to help other um, students of color um, and other people facing the same situation as as you and that's just so powerful and we definitely need more people to stand up like you did. Um, But secondly, the fact that you were able to actually do it firsthand, right? You're not some sort of big management that just wants to delegate positions but you're working one-on-one. That's gonna be one of the most important things that I think our audience needs to hear is that if you wanna take action, do it yourself, right? Don't delegate it out. Don't tell people what to do, but really show through your own doing um, and show through taking action yourself. Um, but finally, I think what you mentioned a little earlier on is really being able to inspire others to want to help as well. It's not enough. one person to make the change unfortunately we do need a community effort so to be able to inspire other people of colors to change the narrative in their communities and show their peers that there are other options for you in education sector there are other options if you don't want to do sports as your um as your main thing to get to get that money for your family right to really expand their minds on the different avenues and obviously you'll be there to help them out but really to know that they have a community that stands by them that's so powerful, um, and I, I really want to know more about this, so can you tell us a little bit about Bridge Builders, how it got started, and what the mission of your organization is?
1: Okay, yes. Yeah. so Bridge Builders, um, for myself personally, like I said before, growing up with this athletic identity, and when uh, my dreams didn't work out the way I, it, I hoped for it to work out, um, I was stuck, you know, I went through depression, I went through so many different phases because I had to redefine who I was. And I felt like I put too much pressure on me, and so you know I started off as a teacher um, at Antioch High School or in the Antioch Unified School District, and I was dealing with different students. I mean, students that were in juvenile hall, um, students that struggled academically that, academically, that came from a single parent household, um, that were having a lot of things going on for themselves. And for me personally, I always wanted to do more because I felt like, like being a teacher, I have a classroom of roughly around 30 students that I have to take care of. And I don't get that one-on-one time like I want for, the, for my students. So personally for me, um, there was one specific student that I started when I first uh, became a teacher that I latched onto, and that I was able to help and guide. And he was able to really show me, you know, and give me my new purpose. You know what I'm saying? And, and open my eyes to like what I can do. So for me personally, I felt like we need to really catch students early on um, and give them a defined college path and a defined career path, right? So give them that college access and, and uh, that college readiness and that career access and career readiness, because um, the biggest thing, and I like saying this, a lot of people will say, um, you know, like you need to think of a plan B, right? But I feel like when you think when for our students and our kids, when they hear like a plan B, um, they it's like you dismiss their plan A, right? And they instantly shut you out because I was the same way. So, I feel like instead of saying that, but expanding the dream, right? So you still have your dream, but we're expanding it now. And so for us, we want to make sure that when they graduate high school, that you're not just sitting there like, okay, I'm going to go to junior college because all my friends are going there, or I'm going to just go to college because of this and that. But like, no, college is, a, it's a, it's a small part of your life. And if that's what you want to do, go ahead and do that, you know? But if you don't, There's other avenues, right? Like, you could be a real estate agent. You could go into an apprenticeship. You could go into, you know, in the union. Whatever it is, there's other things that don't require a college education that you can make a lot of money. And like I said, the biggest thing for a lot of our students is money, 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 right? Like, Mm -hmm. I need to take care of my family. So if we could show them, like, okay, like, school isn't for you. understand that you know what i'm saying or if you don't want to go to school right now these are other avenues for you right here and you could go ahead and do this you could we have like different careers for our students right um and we make sure that we take advantage of those um and then also too like when it comes to like our college piece because what happens is there's a lot of students especially in the black uh, and brown community that come from single parent households where parents don't really understand uh anything about the child's education so when they come from the eighth grade to high school and they have an IEP a 504 um, and parents don't really know how to advocate for their students. And so what we make sure is that, okay, we sit down with them. What are your plans? What do you want to do? You know, do you want to go to college? You know, if they say, yeah, you know, what I'm thinking about it. We write that down. We look at their academic plan. We look at their academics, their class that they're in. If they do have an IEP a 504, if they're in special education, there's institutions out there for them. Right? Living in California, we, so, we focus so much on the UCs and CSU system. Um, and if, they, if our students don't get into those schools, we kind of say, okay, go to, to the junior college route. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes what happens is a lot of our students, when we push them to the junior college route, a lot of them get stuck in their environment and they don't leave. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, it's, there's nothing wrong with it because it is cheaper. But sometimes for a lot of our students, they need to get out because living in their home is very toxic for them and they can't focus um, and they get stuck in this environment. You know, I witnessed too many of my childhood friends that ended up, you know, getting murdered or whatever it is. And I, you know, witnessed students in the same predicament because they stayed in their environment. A lot of these, a lot of uh, my students need to get out of this environment, right? And so, mm-hmm. like I said, we really focus on giving them that defined career and that defined college path. Like We focus on expanding their dream, right? We focus on um, reprogramming the way that they think um, and to get out of, you know what I'm saying, what might've been the norm for their parents. Um, and we make sure that we go ahead and show them a new rule. Wow. Mm. And
0: I think that just goes to show that there's no, there's no one set path for every student in the yeah. United States, right? And I think all of us come from a certain place of ignorance and a certain place of privilege or bias. Um, And that goes to show, like, that's one of the reasons that I love doing these podcasts. I mean, I get to break my boundaries. I get to break my preset mindset. Um, And I get to explore these different communities and what they have. Uh, And what you've just said to me, I couldn't have gone from anyone else. The whole plan A, plan B thing, like, wow that that really that really stood out to me because you shouldn't call it a plan b you don't want to ever disregard your dream but expanding your boundaries and expanding your horizons that's amazing Um, and really getting getting students to know that everyone has their own path and they're able to expand in their own way is amazing but just to kind of shift gears here um i actually went to school at a catholic school so as a minority um myself in a Catholic school it was a very Eurocentric environment Mm -hmm. Um, and that comes with its own biases as well but I do want to hear more about your experience so how was how was this Eurocentric centric education system excluded you and other students of learning from their education
1: yeah most definitely I think like you know when we talk about just this this system first and foremost like education was never meant for any type of marginalized group right it was just meant for cisgender um white men um and so with that being said we look at like the curriculum we look at the books that we read um in our classes they don't come from a person of color's lens right they come from a very eurocentric lens um in how basically we are getting taught in our education our classroom so for instance like for me throughout my whole entire education experience um, until I got to college, I always always had like a a, a white woman as a teacher um, that didn't understand me, didn't understand where I'm coming from. um, And I wasn't able to see myself in that classroom. And also too, when we think about um, the classroom setting and how it's set up, we're set up in rows, you know what I'm saying? Where the teacher's in the front. And so that shows as a black, as a black, uh, as a black student, that there are superiors, you know what I'm saying? So, we always feel like we have to, um, either they know more than us, they're more intelligent than us, um, and what they say is right, and what, how we feel, or what we think is wrong. So that also like puts us in a box, right? That puts us in in, in a space of, um, you know, I can never question this person, right? I can never question how this, uh, this white man or this white woman might think. Um, and so what happens is, you know, and for me personally, I lost my voice at an early age in the second grade, simply because um, I had a dream of going to the NFL. And I wrote that down. My teacher said, write down your goals and your dreams in the second grade. And I told her that and I wrote it down. She told me to pick another dream because that's unrealistic. Right. And so I'm sitting there like, you know, okay, well, I don't want to participate in this classroom because you're not understanding me. Then in the third grade, um, I you know, my teacher had like a little small reading group in the back for kids that struggle with when it came to reading. And for myself personally, I was kind of like a class clown. So the way I was reading it, and I was trying to like, um, you know, make fun in a way and like kind of read slow, fast tempos. And for me, it was engaging, you know what I'm saying? But to her, I was distracting. So instead of her going home and doing her research on, you know, like how can I make this engaging and more structured for Shimon to learn, um, instead, you know, she just said, don't do it again. Uh, don't do that. So now it's like, okay, I don't want to read, you know what I'm saying? And so, Mm -hmm. like I said, and I also talked about this earlier about how it's a Eurocentric uh, system because they're not thinking about um, someone that lives in in the inner city or an urban community um, and how they learn and what they need to know. Because we're in so much, like we're in an economic gap between us and the dominant culture. And because of that, like, you know, like as, as a student, like, they need to understand what's financial, lit- like, what does financial literacy mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, talk to them about that. How do they, um, how do they save? How do they invest um, about properties? Because we talk about, like, even our community and how it's being gentrified, right? And all these private investors coming into these urban communities and buying up, you know, these plots or these lands or, you know, and, and up in the rent. And, you know what I'm saying? Because we're not educated on how to buy property, right? How do we participate in our own economic development and growth? And so, you know, when it, when it comes to like, really just that, that, that system and, and how we are teaching, you know what I'm saying? First and foremost, like a system that was just designed for white men, but now you're trying to teach it with that same system that has never been restructured. You're trying to teach all of these, you know, marginalized groups, you know what I'm saying? Of like the same, the same type of system, you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and what's happening is that, like I said, we got huge dropout rates because of that. Um, you know, yeah. students aren't engaged. Um, you know, it, it, it's just—it's just so much that goes into that system that needs to be shipped. And on top of that, you know, uh, before I finish, but before I finish with this, but even you know, I heard someone talk about we need more um, black—you know—people are teachers of color, right, in the classroom. And with that being said, in California, we have this thing called the CTC. And the, with the CTC, you have to take numerous of tests, right? You have to take um, the CBEST. You have to take the CSET. And what you see is that you see a huge uh, number of people of color that aren't passing this test, right? That basically determine like whether you'll become a teacher or not. And because you pass that test doesn't mean that you're going to be a good teacher. But what happens is that that is another barrier because even if we talk about like how tests were invented and why they were invented was to exclude, you know what I'm saying? Any marginalized group to be better than the dominant culture. You feel me? So um so with that being said, like that is, you know what I'm saying, that's the problem because everything is so like focused on excluding, you know, what I'm saying us from being either in the classroom as a teacher or being engaged in our own learning.
0: Yeah, Shimon, I want to get you up into school administrations and talking to them because that was that was yeah. amazing. Um but but just to go back to my school experience, actually, we had AP Euro as a sophomore mm. class for the longest time. And if there's more nothing you're like non-eurocentric about that right um, but so so this this year a lot of students complained about that and we actually got it changed to ap world uh, yeah so we switched it from ap year to ap world and i think that's just going to be something to show that we are hopefully moving to a progression but not only that we also had um ap or british literature my junior year and i was like why am i only learning about the voices of white people yeah right Ooh, be, so yeah. so i think a teacher in my administration noticed that and my senior year she put marginalized voices as an english class and i took it i was like this is great we need to learn we need to learn more about the different voices we need to learn about their perspectives and we need to see and then incorporate into our education system how we can include them right how we can make it easy for everyone to get equal education how do you think that people can come together to help reform our education system
1: I think the the biggest thing that people could do to like reform our education system um, is really understand that there is a huge gap um, and stop, you know, because I feel like what a lot of people will do is they'll see that there's more people of color going to higher education. And and what you will see is even when those people go to higher education, they're still struggling when they're there. And for people to do their own own research and and understand that it's not really making it an excuse for the students, but understanding that this environment that they're in is causing them to first and foremost, um, you know, get arrested and go to prison and participate in in mass incarceration and that which was designed for people of color. Um, But also for, for us to like really get an understanding of what is the what is the biggest issue? What like how can we really engage these students into our own learning? And to understand that education was first designed to for us to be critical, for it to be messy, for us to think outside of the box boxing to expand. But now education has ran into like a business type of format where students have to go to school in K through twelve, so the school districts can make their money. Where now in higher education you gotta pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars just to get your education and so it's very um it's it's ran so much like a business because like for me personally when I was in my undergraduate uh when I was an undergrad in in k-12 everything is graded you know what I'm saying everything's graded if you missed a, if you missed um a question if you missed uh anything you're getting points taken away instead of like right now in my graduate program Um, they don't take that learning experience away from us because the biggest thing is that we can't sit there and we can't be stressed about um, taking a test, right? We can't be stressed about uh, making sure that we turn this paper in on time and and everything like that because the biggest thing is like, we need to make sure that we are given everything that we can uh, for this paper without thinking that we're going to get points deducted. And on top of that, our teachers are, our professors are grading us and teaching us and, and encouraging us, right? And I feel like when you do that, what happens is now the student is more willing to read and, and to make mistakes and, and to be very, you know, to let education be very messy because our minds run rapidly. Right? We have a lot of theories that go on in our mind. And it's like we're trying, to make, um, we're trying to make some type of means by the theories, you know what I'm saying, that go on in our life, in our minds and so for us personally we need to make sure that to take it out of that business type of model to understand that for people living in um, a low economic community or a low income community that they need to um that their education should be different than someone else living in a wealthier environment and we need to go ahead and and let that be let that you know what i'm saying be taken care of because even people like that like Give them more career classes um, and stuff like that give them more um classes that's going to allow them to participate in the economic growth yeah. yeah and
0: hopefully we are coming to a position where education isn't simply how well you score on the sat and act but hopefully institutions that are really fundamental in someone's career especially like universities or colleges but even jobs start to realize that it's more than just a number on paper right It's, it's who the person is characteristically and what they can offer and bring to the table and that's not always how intelligent you are um but even going going back to the intelligence right it's circumstantial Someone can be as smart as they want, but the circumstances in their home environment, their family environment, um, in the place that they grew up, or simply their mindset, or how they were treated by other people, can affect how well they're doing at school. Mental health can affect how well you're doing at school. So it's really taking in all of those factors and reforming our education system to incorporate more than just a letter grade. Um, and I hope, I hope so much that we can, we can really strive for that, that aspect. But yeah. just to kind of go back to your own experience and how you were able to turn that experience into something mean, meaningful. Um, if you could tell your younger self anything, what would that be?
1: I would tell myself um, to be authentic to my own learning and that my voice is powerful. I think what happens for the most part, we try to compare our learning experience to other people. Especially mm-hmm. in college, when you hear other people using big words and the way they structure their sentences and how they participate in the classroom, but for me, people didn't have to go to school and wake up four in the morning and catch the bus and you know seeing somebody get killed before you go to school and all the trauma that I had endured just to get to school, or um, not eating before I went to school, someone dropped me off any of that, um, or witnessing fights, you know, with, um, with homeless people on the way to school and being in group homes and, and, and homeless shelters, whatever it was. So for me to understand that in order for me to get here, I went through hell and hot water and that person might've had a different experience where they were able to focus on the education where they had both of their parents that went to college and their parents were able to stay home with them and do homework and make sure and go to like, uh, parent and teacher conferences and their back to school night. So for me personally, not to compare what I went, not to compare my education journey with somebody else's education journey, but for me to be authentic and to be true with how I got there. And, and because of that, I felt like that would allow me to find my voice better and to be confident in a classroom that was predominantly white um, with the dominant culture in there. So, yeah.
0: That's amazing, and Shimon, I think you're successful, and I don't even know how much you make where you've been to college or any of that, right? But I think you're successful because you're doing amazing things for people and helping them grow. Yeah. I mean, it really doesn't matter what I think at the end of the day, it's what you think. So just a message to all of our, all of our youth out there, um, don't define your success by your education or by how much you're making or your career. Um, don't define your success by what other people are doing either, right? I think that just goes to show don't compare yourself, right? Follow your own path and everyone can create good in this world. So on that note, take, thank you so much, Shimon. Um, this was so, so great and so insightful. Um, you can find more work about Bridge Builders um, and contact them at bridgebuildersng at gmail.com.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for this. Uh, It means the world and I appreciate it. I appreciate the work. Thanks.
0: And that's all we have for today, unfortunately, but you can find more episodes on professional perspectives on what cause inspires you. I'm your host, Alicia Gupta, and I hope you all continue changing the world.